The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm Guy. That's John. It's another edition of Haberman and Middlecoff. On your YouTube channel, or I guess our YouTube channel, your YouTube feed on the podcast feed. If you listen to the pod, thanks. Share it. Keep helping it grow. We appreciate that. If you're watching the YouTube, either live or later, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Uh, that's great, too. Let's also welcome back, John. Azuki! <laughs> Middlecoff is back on Twitter, for those wondering. Kind of can't quite tell what's happening here. Looks like you did get access back to your account, John, and uh, announced your return with uh, welcome back the song. But uh, you're still the still says Suzuki here. What's the I'm not I'm not able to change the name. Uh, I yeah, so it's just I I, I might just do a 30 day deactivation hiatus and, and then make a you know potential return. We'll see. You know what I didn't think about until I saw this? I hadn't seen any of Azuki. I cannot change the name. Every time I try, John, Jay Middle, John Middlecoff, you know, the name that's just in front of the handle, like yours is Guy Haberman. Most people just ESPN's ESPN. It's just Fox is Fox. It denies me. And it's just like, I I can't. I'm not going to spend time thinking, worrying about this. I spent a week away from this. I was completely fine. It also forced me to read. Mm. I don't read with Twitter because I just have that to get all my stuff. Instead, I go to Pro Football Talk. I'd go to the Wall Street Journal. I would just have to find news uh-huh. the old-fashioned That's way. That's good. Like a like a like a the hunt. You're a hunter and gatherer, like our forefathers. But this slowed down my brain, and I'm not smart enough. I'm not SBF level intelligence that I can just. Twitter was a shortcut for me. Right, right. Because you, we often say like, uh, did you read that story? No, just saw the headline. And that's how I'm gathering all my information. And then it won't let me change my name back from Izuki. So So it didn't occur to me until I saw this. For those of you not following, John was locked out of Twitter for like, what, a week and a half or something? Um, I didn't realize until I I hadn't seen any Izuki tweets except for when I would go to the account to check on it. 
Like I was babysitting a house that had been like taken over by meth. I, I think I think Twitter had kicked them out a while ago and they were just doing their due diligence their, to their like rehack. give me my shit back. So I didn't occur to me until I saw an Azuki tweet appear on my feed today with Tony Soprano's face. And I'm like, wait, John's back. And then I texted you that, you know, the possibility exists that everyone's going to have a last tweet one day that this could have been, I was like, I wonder what John's last tweet almost was. <laughs> and it was this NFL need to send drug testers to Jim Ursay's house. Question mark. No chance he'd pass. That could have been the last one. And, and see, I've come around on Jeff Saturday, but at the time that was news hits. You see it in your first reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so as Azuki. You know, it hey, had a good run. I, I when you're when you're hacked guy, you do some thinking. You just realize like anything can get hacked. Yeah, your bank accounts. Mm -hmm. you, you could get rot. You know, just you just start evaluating what's uh, important to you. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that you want to turn on biometric uh, passwords for. You know, yeah, but even that, like I, I was, I, I was well protected. I did have that. You had the two, two factor turned on. Yeah. It happened fast, and I didn't react because I was overwhelmed, and uh, I just don't need it, I think. I honestly, guy, I, I just don't. It doesn't make me happy. Okay. You, you you are much better about compartmentalizing, avoiding. It creates, in what world would you keep doing something that makes you mad? Most people that you don't need to do, right? There's I, not. I, you didn't like my idea for the great, uh, it, we had the great resignation, which turned out to be mostly fake but my idea for you was the the great unfollowing i agree i just don't like it and i used to, and listen oh, i'm i I, like I used to love it and i i'm sad to admit i mean I, i've been at points in my time when i was addicted to the the application and i just i'm gonna remove it kind of like if you could just go cold turkey from doing drugs or alcohol if it was ruining, like it was i wouldn't say ruining my life but it was negatively impacting it i i will admit that and without it, I've just... I'm glad you found a new uh, lease I'm, on life. I've been freer. <laughs> I'm glad you feel so free. John, let's tell the people about our friends. It's all good. With Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. They sponsor the podcast, which we love and appreciate. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Holiday season is upon us. And uh, whether you're heading out to meet friends, just chilling, looking for a new friend, bellying up to the bar, having people at your place, going to somebody else's place, Tito's, it works in every situation. Tito's handmade vodka. Yeah. I mean, if you're eating Thanksgiving dinner next week without a Tito's and soda, a Tito's and water and lemon mm. uh, as our friend and partner, even though our friend would be strong, we've never met him. Uh, we've heard a lot about him, and we would love to Someone call it strong. Someone call it a complete mischaracterization <laughs> of the facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, you know, Tito Beverage, the CEO, president, founder of the company, yeah. Tito, Tito Water and Lime. Lemon, uh, excuse me. How about uh, Tito Water Lemon? That's his drink. Uh, you know, when you are when you are uh, flight delayed and you're tweeting at Delta or Big Cat, help me out, go to the bar and get yourself a little uh, Bloody Mary with Tito's. Uh, or you can just check out, look at some of these. Tito's, for those of you watching, you can see it. There's one drink called Tito's as easy as pie. Uh, Tito's, sparkling water, fresh OJ, honey, cinnamon, and a cinnamon stick. I'm not the biggest cinnamon guy. Oh, I know. I know. I do like cinnamon rolls, actually. 
Uh, Tito's Spice Cider Mule. Okay, a little warm spiced apple cider with some ginger beer. That might be the move right there. Oh. And some Tito's. Warm spiced apple cider and some Tito's and some ginger beer. I, I love the way I was just at Trader Joe's today. Got another four pack of my favorite ginger beer. I've I got I got 12. I got uh got 12, 15. I'm like a coach keeping an eye on his depth chart. I got 15 of those suckers left. Is that the only store you go like you don't go to like Safeways or Albertsons or any of those? Huh? Not really. I avoid you just Safeway. never enter yeah. those. Uh-uh. Avoid Safeway if I can. Just too because big. too big. I just don't like the vibe in there. Yeah. But it's too big. It's just I can't Trader Joe's I, a very poor grocery shopper, can whip through that sucker in like yeah, it's 15, small. 20 minutes. It's small. Safeway, I'm just wandering the streets aimlessly. But if you know what you're looking for, you know, meat, I don't. cheese, eggs. I never know what I'm you looking know, for. Gatorades, like, whatever. Yeah, Gatorades. That's true. That's true. Uh, Jello on the stream asks, is the Tito's water like all mixed together? Yes. It's Tito's, it's water, and it's lemon. Well, it's like a the, the old school, you know, drinkers drink. A highball was just whiskey and water. You know, it's just. That's what a highball is? Yeah. Whiskey and water. I'm pretty sure. But. Why did I know that? Highball. I was also brought to you by Manscaped. No transition there. Manscaped, promo code HAM, the number one. HAM1 for Manscaped. 20% off and free shipping. Whether you're brand new or you've already been with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels. The Platinum Package 4.0. It's all there, John. It's all in the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HAM and the number one. Lawnmower 4.0. Get it for your friends. Get it for your brother-in-law. Get it for your brother. Get it for your dad. Easy Christmas gift. Easy Hanukkah gift. Ask uh, for it, maybe? Yeah. Just tell Manscaped, them HAM 1. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM 1. Do it. Hanukkah. Good call. Uh, with the Platinum Package 4.0, you get it's a 10-part Platinum Package. Everything you know and love about the Performance Package, plus some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to Platinum. Like John said, the Lawnmower 4.0 with the skin-safe technology. It's proprietary. It's advanced. It's skin-safe technology. Manscaped.com. Promo code HAM, the number one. 20% off free shipping. We've been telling you about Manscaped for years. 20% off and free shipping. It's amazing to think there are still people left walking the earth who have not yet tried Manscaped. Six million people worldwide. Trust him, John. That means we got what? Eight point four billion people to go. Yeah, something like that. Long way to go. But we're you were declining in population. So, well, is it eight point four? No, it's eight. It's eight point nine four. Eight point nine four. I thought we just got to eight billion. Right, we got to eight billion. So it's seven point nine four billion people still left. I think could be wrong about that. Not good at math that requires that much numbers. I would agree with this comment on uh, just the meat. You know, like if you're going to do steaks or chicken, Trader Joe's, that's limited there. Yeah, I would agree. If you're going to do like, uh, if you're just like stocking up the freezer, I, you know, grab a few things. Uh, I would say the bison burgers. But I'm with you. If you're like really cooking up a steak, I I would go somewhere else for that. Agreed. Yeah. I did have. uh, Like butcher box. Oh, they're not on this week. (laughs) The. the the chicken like the the asian you know uh frozen yes pretty good very good (laughs) that's good yeah i got got some i'd recommend that good 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 stuff there john hey uh i don't know if you happened to catch around the horn yesterday john did you catch around the horn on wednesday 
I may have done an IG post and it did 5x my typical uh, output. So, uh, yeah, I think based a lot of people on the horn video based on just my, my take on Bill Plasky's take on the current state of the Raiders finances that I don't know about you. I've gotten a lot of DMs LOLing about the story about Bedane and their anger toward me. And I think they associated you with me as they should have the way that we used to sarcastically talk about just I, I don't think they believed and when i say them i mean the president the owner the core executive crew that we ever gave them the proper level of respect yeah and we didn't hold them in high regard as a legit nfl operation a, a multi-million some say billion dollar business and uh yeah i've never have since and probably never will until they get sold and if someone dm me the other day like if the raiders sold if mark ever would what do you think they would go for i said they would go for more than the Broncos, but probably less than the Commanders. But they would go for a shitload, right? They have this stadium in Vegas. The the facility was it used? Someone forwarded me something that someone went through the facility and they're like this fucking place, the Taj Mahal. Wasn't me. I, I've been to the football stadium though, and it's awesome. I I started. I think their facility is like now, the NFL is different than college, right? You're not in some arms race with your facility, so not everyone's always trying. Yeah. But from what I've been told, their facility, their practice facility, separate from the, uh, you know, the the black stadium right, that right, is badass, right. is it's the best in the league. You got John. When you're performing like that on IG, you got to put it on the YouTube story. You got to get it on the YouTube story too. Do, do you do the one where uh, the green screens? Do you put those on the shorts? I think I have. Or shorts, yeah, not stories. Got to get better yeah, shorts. Shorts do yeah. well. Um, I, as you know. Uh, I love to watch good shows. It tends to happen not on purpose. Well, after everyone else has watched it, like I got two episodes of Sopranos left. Can't wait to see how it finishes. And uh, been deep in that one. Uh, I watched Mad Mad Men uh, this year. Good show. Highly recommend. When you watch Sopranos, do you fast forward when it gets kind of slow, or do you just let it go? That's uh, a that's a lot of television. I mean, Tony sex scenes sometimes with the Russian chick. Uh, that was a few seasons ago, yeah. Yeah. But uh, so last night, Wednesday night, I started watching Yellowstone. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Thank you. Two episodes. Episode one was 90 minutes. And Kevin Costner, you've watched it, so you may remember this. He's talking to one of his sons, and he says to them, I just started watching I Love Lucy. Little late. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great is like, I know I got all the quotes ready, and people think like I remembered the show from you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, Soprano. I was like, no, I just watched it two weeks ago. That's why I know the Soprano quote. But it, there's a scene where they're talking about one of his sons wants him to, and you may know the story better than me because I've only watched two episodes, wants him to like cut the trees down and let some let a neighboring town buy like 30,000 acres or whatever from him. Okay. And he, what he says is, son, there was no leverage like knowing that if somebody had all the money in the world, this is what they would buy. So when we asked, like, how much would the Raiders sell for? They would sell for however much money the richest guy that wants to buy the team can afford to spend. You know, when you're like, oh, it's worth $6 billion. Yeah, it's worth $6 billion unless, whatever, Elon is in a bidding war with Bezos. Then it's worth and, more than seven. Billion. And Zuckerberg's interested. And, yeah, whatever. It's worth $7 billion, I guess, relative to the last one, but... The reason these things have gone from the Warriors being worth 500 million to fucking billions within a few years is because 
these guys want to buy these teams. So it has nothing to, there's no cops. There's like, this is not a tight end contract. There are no cops, right? If but in fairness to Mark, they, they've added value by going to Vegas in the stadium. They've right? added value, no question. But my, but ultimately, like, so yeah, if they were, that. if they were in Oakland, and the new guy was like, "I'll just buy him and move him to Vegas," they would, like, to me, Mark. If they were still in Oakland, I think they would go for dramatically less. It, it, there's no question. Um, but they would still go when I they got bought. Yeah. They'd be the, I think. You, you wouldn't be able to get him for 850 million in Oakland. I, no, I I think they'd probably be one of the it'd be one of the top team sales in the history of team sales. Uh, I think the if they're NFL, in Oakland, so they're going for like two if, or three. Especially if the league told them like, yes, we will help you move to Vegas, and and the state of Nevada told them we will give you 750 million dollars for your stadium, right? True, but you got to pay move. I mean, I regardless, I, I, I yeah, I hear what you're saying. Regardless, it's it anyway. I, like so, that's what they would go for. So people might be thinking, well, guys, I didn't watch around the horn on Wednesday. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I saw Dove Climate, you know, the guy with like a million Twitter followers who tweets a bunch of quotes, yeah. tweeted some Plashkey talking about the Raiders. I'm like, I DM'd him. I said, Dove, brother, where did you get that? And he said, well, let me get you the video. So here it is, John. This is Bill Clashley, uh, Bill Plashkey, Wednesday on Around the Horn. I'm saying right now, Josh McDaniels will be the coach this year and next year. The Raiders don't have the money to fire him, to pay him off. They're cash poor. And the Raiders are going to look at look at his his uh, defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. They're 28th in the league in defense. They need a whole new defense. That's not McDaniels can fix that, fix that up. Now you're reporting the opposite or you're you're just thinking the opposite? I have learned the opposite. I've learned that that they don't have the money. Money. I have learned that they don't have the money because Tony Reale says to him there, are you just guessing this or are you saying, you know, they don't have the money to fire Josh? And he's saying, that is what I'm saying. Do you take this as if Mark had an unlimited war chest, let's say he was Stan Kroenke, that Josh McDaniels would be fired either right now or lose his job at the end of the season? If you just had to assume and guess. Not necessarily because saying they don't have the money to buy him out is different than saying they would buy him out if they have the money, but they don't. Yeah. But it's not even an option for them to think about it. Yeah. That's the part we don't know. Right. That is bill saying, I know that Mark would fire him if he could, but he can't, or he's just saying it's not even an option for them. Um, But I do think if they had an unlimited war chest, it would be more of an option than clearly it is at this point. Remember we talked the other day and there was a comment that Mark Davis made about, how did he say it? Like, not a, a not not kind of like we have a contract, and you know you you're supposed to work through contracts, or you're supposed to live up to contracts, or whatever it was. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's kind of a weird way to talk about it. Well, it's like he was asked if the vote of confidence. He thought it was kind of stupid. He he basically like isn't the vote of confidence when I sign him to a four or five year deal. Yeah. Like, do do I constantly have to when things go bad talk? I I mean these aren't exactly his words, but basically like. The confidence is in the four-year guaranteed contract that I signed him to. Because I did hear or read that he signed a four-year contract. And honestly, guy, if that is true, that feels a little small modern day to not be five, right? Yeah. I do think, looking back, the Josh McDaniels thing, remember Vic Tafer, who has been embedded with this franchise since you and I have been doing this. For a long, long time. I remember interviewing Vic when I was doing radio in Fresno. So it's been. Do you remember last year during the hiring cycle when he reported that Josh really wasn't an option? 
like they weren't that interested. And then it happened. And mm-hmm. I think most people gave it credit partly because it just felt like the Raiders. It was kind of a double whammy, right? Like Josh McDaniels was never going to leave. He was making, you know, four to five million dollars to be. He was the highest paid coordinator by a long shot in the NFL. He had an incredible gig. And he took the job, and then he brought his buddy, or maybe his buddy was signed first, and then he came. However, the exact, you know, transaction happened. But I, I did feel like Mark got some credit for it. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember totally. the press conference where he, Ziegler and then Josh kind of came out of the corner? Remember that? It was supposed to be just a Ziegler press conference, wasn't that the deal? Yeah, and then they kind of the news had broke, and then Josh showed up. Like Mark was trying to do like the dog and pony show. Yeah. Since since Josh started six and zero, when it was clear they were cheating, and uh, the guy got in trouble for filming the signs, Belichick style, he's lost twenty four thirty one games. It's going back to Denver, and then now, you can be like, "Well, that's a long time ago." Well, now we have evidence he's two and seven, and the team he's playing this week, which is one of the biggest embarrassments in the NFL, has a better record than him. Now you can say they beat him head to head; they did, but. You play other games besides just the head-to-head game with your division, so like you got to win them, and the Raiders are not. They're two, two and seven is horrific. It's second record. worst in the NFL, and nobody's good this year, John. There's three games this weekend between teams with winning records. That's it. Again, this is every week. This is like the fifth or sixth straight week I've added it up. So two and seven's bad, bad, it's bad, 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 bad. I mean, they're drafting second currently. And Which, if they were to lose this week, you can't argue the head-to-head thing anymore because then you're two and eight, and Denver's four and six. It's a big game. Well, it, yeah, you lose this game. I mean, it, I wouldn't say he's assured because they're still right. They, they'd have seven games left. But it would feel like a, you, you could put it in dark, dark pencil that they're going to finish in last place when, this, when the team in third place is having a disastrous season. The head coach is going to get fired, right? Right, right. <laughs> the quarterback doesn't sp- literally doesn't speak the same language as the receivers and the offensive line. He makes up his audibles. Well, it's not actually made up. It's just what he used to do. (laughs) Do you remember a few years ago, Chris Mortensen on ESPN saying that the reason they traded Khalil Mack was that he, his words were, it was a, they aren't a cash rich team. When they didn't sign Khalil and traded them away, it was a cash flow issue. That was before they had a new stadium. Well, what I think people, a Raider fan that thinks that you and I are, are probably piggybacking off this and kind of kicking the dead horse and, you know, talking about things that we don't actually have factual evidence. Like we haven't seen the books go, well, they're in Vegas. Now they have way more money. And I've always said that like, yeah, in, in big picture, they were going to make infinitely more. Like they couldn't make any money in Oakland toxic brand there. They couldn't get brand deals. The stadium, it was over, had to go. Even though when we were on radio, I didn't want them to leave because it was good for our business to have them around. Uh, two teams better than one in theory, even though it's turned out it's not necessarily true. Yeah. But <laughs> once they go, think of I never forget going to Vegas in 2020. And I, I stayed at the uh oh, fuck what the what's the name of the hotel? Whatever the Are hotel you? is. Uh Osmo. With, uh no, it's it's the one like Italy where the where the water uh it's connected. It's Found two hotels. Bellagio? No, it's get the water inside the hotel, you know, like uh, like it's Venice, you know, mm. but it's wh- whatever that hotel's cost or called. Circus, and, circus. No, it's down at the end, kind of by the MGM. And they have a pizza joint in there. And I was talking to the guy that ran the pizza joint. The this secret is like, pizza joint? 
No, this is just like a high level, like one, the Venetian. Yeah. The Venetian. Venetian. And the dude that ran the, the, I was buying like four beers for us. We were all walking around and, uh, I asked the guy, I said, how's business going? This is probably like maybe late July, uh, of the, of the, of the Rona in 2020. And he said, well, put it this way. There are 40 of us throughout the country. We were the number one for this like pizza chain by Mm -hmm. a wide margin. He's like, currently we're dead last. Obviously, you know, Vegas, they like many places completely shut down. He's like, we're not doing any business. So in 2020, they got crushed. Remember, they weren't allowed to have fans. Right. Uh, You know, people, I think, think sometimes that Nevada is a lot different in California, but they just had a Democratic governor who was who actually got booted. And the new guy, the Republican beat him. But they the way they operated was very California like in terms of the closures, no fans like. And remember how mad Mark was, right? Yeah, he refused to go to a game. We think. Did he sneak in there? Only he'll know. (laughs) But it was 2020 was really bad. And he still owes a lot of money. Like they they're paying the notes. He's got a huge he took out a huge loan. Yeah. So this notion that he one, he never had cash to begin with, and then they had an expensive move. Now sometimes like you take a hit for the big picture to eventually make a lot of money. And I'm sure that if it all went right, and never forget that that former president who got shit canned last year before the season gave a bunch of money that he didn't have to to the city of Oakland. It wasn't fraud. It was just they overpaid. And they are not Cronky or Jerry where it's like, yeah, we just $20 million, uh, put put the comm in the wrong spot, cost some money. It sucks. Bad deal. But rounding error for the operation. Like that's You know, it's really even Cronky like fights for his money. No shot. 100%. The one thing I've never got, and I don't think it's really been well reported, is Mark Davis paying John Gruden? I mean, no one really I've knows. That what what, what would your guess be? No? Yeah? A little bit? I, I always just assume I don't probably know. not. I, I've assumed not. How could he afford to pay? But maybe that's why Josh is on a four-year contract. Maybe maybe they agreed to some buyout. You know, kept, that kept, was, his, kept his kid on staff. Uh, yeah. Maybe they agreed to some buyout. We gave him some money. I don't know. Yeah, and I had an, an agent that got mad at me for some comments I made, he, he, and he was talking about the contracts the Raiders signed. And he's like, when you look at their signing bonuses, like Devontae, Max Crosby, some of these guys that got 70 guaranteed, Max like 55, their quote-unquote signing bonus. Remember Matt Ryan's was 95 guaranteed at signing. Devontae's was like 20. Max's was really small. Now, over the course of a couple of years, they're guaranteed all that money as the media money comes in. But Mark does not sign huge guaranteed at signing. He does guaranteed money, but the guaranteed at signing for these guys, Devontae's and Tyreek Hill's, I'm pretty sure was dramatically different. Because for Mark to get Devontae's money, unlike Steven Ross, like you're going to get your money. You're just going to get it over the course of the season as the media rights deal comes in, where Steven Ross or Jerry can just cut the guy the check. And then when that money comes in, it's just whatever. It's just the extra money part of the business. Mark has to operate his business dramatically different than I would say at this point in time, the overwhelming majority of NFL teams. Uh, I just Googled uh, John Gruden lawsuit to see what the latest with the NFL, his lawsuit against the league is. I don't have the latest, but I have this article from May 25th, which uh, I missed once upon a time. Here's let me read you this briefly. Attorneys for both sides declined to comment following a 90-minute hearing, although Gruden emerged from the courtroom declaring, quote, go Raiders. 
Yeah, it feels like him and Mark are still pretty. Because remember, Mark was pretty mad. Mark was not for- defending Gruden, but like you guys fucked us. And he's not totally wrong. I mean, they went after Dan Snyder and the Raiders lost their coach. Yeah. He feels I mean that on that he, happened. I mean he I mean, he was. I mean, they came after him. Well, not was, is. He is consistently picked on, right? Like when who is when Mort says, not only did Mort say they're cash poor, and that's why they lost Khalil Mack. Um uh he said something else too. What was it? I don't know. The point is like when you hear some of this stuff, it kind of sounds the Mort one felt like he I don't want to source guess here, but felt like there was some, you know, like people around the league, I think it's pretty safe to say, especially given the way things went with LA. Uh are, well, are happy to make them look bad. You know, people will think we're just in bed with the Niners, and I have no problem saying this. I don't think there's that big of a difference between Jed and Mark. Now, the difference is, is the, the league, the 49ers are very profitable for the NFL. But for example, if Mark had just done what Jed had just done, he would have got made fun of universally. Yet Jed really just, like, there's one guy that kind of picks on him. That's pro football talk. Florio's kind of always headed out for the Niners. Jed just financed the mayor to take out the mayor that's been going after him in Santa Clara and lost. And the mayor that, that won, the incumbent, is in Stephen Ross's pocket, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, who has, as you alerted me to, billions of dollars Eight worth of billion dollar project going on near the near the Niners facility. I didn't click on it, but I guess it, I'm sure it's locally in the Santa Clara market. Jed had been part of commercials talking shit about the incumbent mayor. So this notion like it's not like Jed is some fucking wheeler and dealer and like Davis, their family did not have much money until Levi's brought them a ton of cash and it's clearly been very lucrative for his family. But when you see the Raiders, and this gets back to what you've always said about like whenever Bezos or whoever the guy is buys this team, it needs a complete blow up. And that starts with probably the name of the team. Just just rebrand the whole fucking team. last time we last time you said that I said that, which is true, I've said that. It just became two days of I, I know, but it's it's this this team has problems. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at the I'm Raiders, you what I would do if I bought the team. Well, you and I have been talking a lot about Devontae, and I'm on several text chains. This guy was part, not a rocket ship. I mean, one of the biggest brands in the world. I mean, the Packers are like the Cowboys, like the Yankees, like the Lakers. There are Manchester United. There are Chelsea. Like these are bohemus. And he was literally playing with a four-time MVP who'd won back-to-back MVPs. He's one of the most famous, most talented players in the history of the league. And he said, I want out. Now, you can say Rodgers was getting weird, whatever, but he chose to do this. And his career, while his stats are still good, like his stats would have been good. He could play with me and you at quarterback. It'd be fine. His career is torpedoing. And the, the quarterback's crying. Stories are coming out. They can't buy up. Like, this franchise... Like when Mike Pettin once upon a time made fun of Jim Tom Sula said like our building's on fire. Look at these guys. They are that building is on fire, guy. That 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 is a franchise in and they peril can't pay and shambles. they can't and they can't pay for the fire department. Well, think about this. The commanders are a good example. Their owner gets shit on 24-7, 365. 
I, I don't even know what to make when I read a new headline of like the attorney general, the, the Congress, like people are coming after him left and right. I'm like numb to it now. I'm like, I tell me when they ever force him out because it doesn't feel like they feel like they think they're close, but they're probably not as close as they think. And he clearly is not going down without a fight. But look at his team. <laughs> like you'd be like, well, the owner, the team's in shambles. They're fucking five and five. They just beat the Eagles. And you watch them, you go, yeah, they're not terrible. <laughs> You know, they're, I, I could see them win eight, nine games and be be right in the wild card mix right till the end. I mean, they're like a cowboy and like a one other win away in the next month from being like, this Niner game is big. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, and that that's no team I would say over the last calendar year just gets consistently talked about more because the, the government's coming after their owner. And yet their team is like, Ron Rivera's got them just kind of right in the ship Incredible. with fucking Taylor Heineke who beats you and orders a pair of shoes and fucking Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr's crying, Devontae Adams careers headed down the shitter. It's at a turning point. I mean, they, it's at a major turning point because they're going to have to find, I, there was, um, I read an article of pro football focus today. Big reader I actually read this one. I did not realize this. Now we know that Derek's contract does not have much guaranteed dollars on it beyond this year, but there are $32 million of guarantees that kick in three days after the Super Bowl. So the point of this PFF article was if they're going to trade them, they probably have to do it before then, or they may do it before then. Now my counter would be, well, if you're acquiring Derek Carr, you're not getting him for $15 million. Like you understand you're going to have to pay him whatever. So I don't think it's crazy that they would trade him after the 32 million kicks in. But I think part of what PFF, whoever wrote the article, I, I don't have it in front of me was saying was like, well, if they, if they, they can't cut him. Like you could end up stuck with him if you allow that money to become guaranteed thirty-two million. Then you have to either keep him or trade him. You're right? saying if you cut him day one of league year, that money's already kicked in. Correct. If you cut him four days after the Super Bowl, you owe him. It, he, that contract's guaranteed. Well, the good thing is when you miss the playoffs, you have all of January to figure out. You have all of January, <laughs> and you agree, right? Like even if he costs thirty-two million, if somebody likes him. Now they'd rather pay twenty, so I don't know that they would take him for thirty-two necessarily. But it doesn't make him untradeable. Quarterbacks are expensive. But... I think it, I think at thirty-two, Derek's pretty tradable. Yeah, I do. If it, if it's basically saying, a one-year contract. Have to trade him by the Super Bowl. Do you think he, if they trade him, which, I mean, Coward's take when he cried was like he's crying, and you and I had some like it's over. He he thought the week even the week before like Derek Carr's not going to be on this team anymore. Yeah. And and then when he broke down and cried, you're you saying and I he both, said. I think that he thinks he realizes his time with the Raiders is over. Well, he had thought the week before that, like once they had, I forget who they lost to, like the Jags. So like Derek Carr's time's over. And then, and then you and I surmised that once he started crying, he kind of realized the writing on, like he already kind of knew where he was at. Yeah. Knowing. Yeah. So at $32 million, because to me, if he was like 15 or 20 and you get him for a couple of years, maybe you could get the, is he not worth a first round pick anymore? Has his value diminished that much think, in a short period of time? Well, you and I could hash this out without needing somebody else's opinion on it, but the PFF's argument was second. I don't for if you're paying 32, like coming off of this season, because I I've been asking Wentz just went for two threes. Does that mean Derek is worth a first or is not? I mean, Matt Ryan old went. No, my point is like I, I think it's were you gonna argue that a second's a lot? No. I was just going to argue that I, that I think you're. I used to think a first would you could easily get a first for him, and now I think that you're right that a second would be a more likely 
uh, trade compensation. Could you get like two twos? You know, like a two this year, two next year. Um, I, you know, not if this season continues to go this way. I don't think, but you know, I, you could get what was you could get a two and a three. I would. Th- I do think there's there's still comp. I mean, he still has value when you look around at the number of teams out there that are going to need a quarterback. Um, you know, do do the Texans end up with the first pick and love Will Anderson and go? Well, we're not going to get CJ. St- we're not going to use that on one of these quarterbacks. But we also don't think Davis Mills is our future. Let's trade for Derek. Right? I see what you did there. Like, would you be better off if you're, what about the Lions? You go, we got two top 10 picks. Why don't we just take two more guys, get rid of Goff, trade a second for Derek in the dome? Boom. Now we got Jameson Williams coming back. We we take Will Anderson and we take a fucking tackle or a but they can't sweet get, linebacker. Can you get Will Anderson without the first pick this year? Uh, if somebody takes one of the quarterbacks, butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef. And all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with a butcher box. You don't have to worry about what's for dinner. Butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over But hoop season is getting hot, tournament season, or the fight for playoff home court. There's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not Not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but... 
I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I was texting someone the other day. You know, the quarterbacks depend, you know, Bryce, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. But a lot of people I know do not think C.J. Stroud is going to go in the top five. But let's just say Bryce and Will Levis. You can go, well, Will Levis, like I'm telling you, just because, like, you win or lose in college does not determine where you go in the draft. We've seen that. Will Anderson, there's a Penn State offensive lineman, and Georgia's defensive lineman might be the best player in the country, number 88. Uh, I've heard he's got some, you know, I don't know if his – Character's perfect, but I, I saw DJ do a little mashup on Instagram, and he was just doing 360s, jumping over guys, slamming guys. He was the best player on their defense last year. So uh, so that's kind of the crew. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel like there's like a Jamar Chase in this class. I don't think there's a Patrick Sertan, like a Locke Hall of Fame corner. So it feels like those quarterbacks and then, you know, a couple defensive linemen, and, you know, there's always like a couple offensive tackles that end up going really high. But you would say the Lions, even the Texans don't need an offensive tackle. They would probably go D-line or quarterback. I don't know if this draft is super loaded. Also, one knock I've heard on Will Anderson, he's 237. So it's like, you know, like Bose is 260. You know, he's not just a lock. How much? He can't be Micah Parsons. Not really that type. It's not a linebacker. Well, that's what he'd kind of have to project at that, but that's not really what he does. You know, it's just, again, Jack, we're, nit- if Mike we're nitpicking in the top five. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other factor is bad teams have quarterbacks. Chicago has a quarterback. They're three and seven. Uh, Jacksonville has a quarterback. They're three and seven. Pittsburgh just took a first-round quarterback, although, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to taking another one if I were them. Micah Parsons was 246 at the Combine. Okay, but but I, I I'm no scout here, John. But I think it's dangerous to project a guy, to comp a guy to another guy. That's an exception to the rule, right? Micah Parsons is kind of an exception to the rule. You know, it's like when you ask a player, like, "Who is your game like?" It's like, "Oh, I'm like Katie mixed with Steph." It's like, okay, well, those are both exceptions to the rule, so that's a weird comp. And it sounds like I'm being negative on Will Anderson. Like he's going in the top five. I'm just saying he's not like a. Never forget, Micah Parsons went. 12th, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just easier when it's the guy's like 265, Chase Young, two, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, Nick Bosa, boom, boom. It's like, well, project. Like Micah Parsons, it's easy to say now, but I think a lot of people are like, well, what's he do? And now it's a no-brainer. But when you got to do, well, what's he do? It sounds so stupid after the fact, but that is the conversation. You do have to make it. You prefer to not have to make a decision. Oh, what does he do? Drop backs, throws bombs, really accurate, really athletic. He's a quarterback. Well, I I would say it's it's easier. Like if I was between Will Anderson, I was like, well, are we a three, four, we a four, three. And there's just an offensive tackle. Who's just, uh, uh, what's his name? That's on the charger Slater. I always say the wrong name. You say uh, Austin. Yeah. If you just have like a lock left tackle, Laramie Tunzel, Trent, right? Lane Johnson, you just like plug and play, just tackle. You don't even have to think. Right. Yeah. Six five, three twenty, boom. I would always go the deep, the pass rusher if there's just no questions. If it's like Chase Young, Nick Bosa. But the Mike Micah Parsons, I think, just but this is what I mean. This to me, you could argue with you're the Raiders and you're drafting two or three, don't you just take some sweet dude on defense and keep Derek? 
Or do you take a quarterback? Uh, yeah, or you could sign another quarterback. I mean, Josh has worked with Jimmy G. He's a free agent. Jimmy G, I mean, uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, I See, I don't think you go from Derek to Colt McCoy, though, can you? That's how you get fired uh, if you're Josh McDaniels. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, to, to me, Josh, if you're going to get rid of Derek, you either draft a guy really high or you got to go to, like, Jimmy. may not be up to Josh what to do with Derek. Well, I, I've always heard that it sounds weird because he, he's made a lot of money from this guy. Is that, you know, I don't know if Mark Davis views this guy like Kenny the Snake Stabler. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... That's very interesting, right? Josh might look at it like Ziegler might look at it like, guys, you know, we just this quarterback is not the thing we got to address right now. We got other fish to fry. Let's use our picks there. But that's what it feels like Derek's career has been for the majority of his career after his ankle injury. It's like, how do we improve? How do we improve? And it just feels like when you're in that mode, you just get stuck with typically a below average football team because that's just kind of your mindset. Right. Like, how do you improve? I mean, think about the Eagles are a good example. Wentz shows a sign of weakness one year. It's like, boom, they draft Jalen Hurts. They just don't. There's like, there's just always urgency in the building. It's just like Alex Smith was killing. Andy could have won, assuming that injury doesn't happen, right, if he just stays on Kansas City. They just would have won 10 to 11 games because of the division they were in, because the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos, right? They would have probably won the division every year with Alex. But, like, they were like, fuck this. Yeah, and it just feels like Opposite the Raiders of the way the Niners operate with Jimmy. Yeah, but they tried, right? Well, they've in won fact. with him. I'm not making a joke. Like part of it is they've won with him, right? But like, my point the is, Eagles they did get Trey Lance without. Yeah, yeah, I, and I supported it. Like I, I thought they was, but the Eagles won a Super Bowl without Carson, right? Just like Washington is like looking around, going, "We're winning with Heineke." Yeah, wasn't that why Carson like, had to like stay well pipped? Like you couldn't go back to Carson when you're winning with the other guy. No, and just like the Eagles, like they won with another guy. They went back to him. They also internally knew the guy, which was probably a big factor, right? I just think one thing that Derek's really benefited from is he played for so many coaches. It does feel like he's toward the end of his his run with uh, yeah, the Raiders. Do you know who's favored in this game? It's uh, it's in Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to the, there? This isn't it going to be cold. It's going to be freezing, John. It's snowing today. It's you like Derek outside in a cold game? Sunday, well, Sunday is going to be sunny, high of 46, low of 22. But the kickoff is at 2 o'clock, so, I mean, by 3 and 4, it's a little colder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I do not like Derek in these cold weather spots. And you were right. I mean, not Broncos are favored by two and a half, three. They're three right now at DraftKings. Are you in agreement with, like, this is not a great spot, like Derek in the cold? I am in agreement, yeah. <laughs> And I also think we were joking the other day, I don't think on the pod that, you know, could they screw around and win some games at the very end of the year when they're sitting in position for the second pick? Um, and they could. I mean, they have good players. They've been in close games. But this this situation feels pretty messy right now. The Raiders, that's the part of it. That's It's not – it doesn't feel to me like they are really close and it's just they've had some bad breaks and – I don't know if it's a unified locker room or not, but it just feels like it could actually get a little worse here just because it's very weird. Well, let's go back to the to the uh, the horse's mouth here. When Bill says this, he is by far the biggest columnist. I mean, he's one of them in my lifetime. I mean, he's the L.A. guy in that market. Well, who do you think he's friends with or got to know well over the last several years? I would guess it would be Stan Kroenke. 
I would imagine Stan Kroenke's not that big on Mark Davis because or, or well, not. Example. Stan wanted Mark and Spanos to pay a larger percentage of the money that the league owes the city of St. Louis because he blamed the Raiders and the Chargers for getting them into the lawsuit. Remember, because the Chargers and Raiders showed the city of St. Louis, hey, the Rams owe you money because they were trying to get the Rams to have to stay there so they could get L.A. And you would argue, like, in business, like, all's fair, unless you're partners with the motherfucker, right? Like I mean, Stan, Stephen Ross? But isn't... Yeah, but I'd argue no, it's no, different. No, it's different. It's different. But you, but you could... Jed might argue, like, yeah, but it's it's completely different. It's when totally you, different. It's, we're talking about the business of the NFL. Jed and Stephen Ross is a different... is a non-NFL business that they were opposed on. So I would guess Stan's telling Bill this because everyone in the league knows this. That Mark doesn't have the money. The COVID thing directly impacts the poorer owners. They don't have the wiggle room to have a year where they get their ass kicked. Right. And that was, and I don't blame Mark. He was really rattled by the no fans that year, pissed him off. It was a big fucking deal to get people in. And then he finally gets them in. And a year later, their season's shitty. And it's just one of those things when you move and you have no equity in the town in a bright light town that you see Garth just announced, like they're, they're used to stars. You know, I think it's part of why Basaccia never had a chance. Like you got to sell season tickets. You got to get people excited. Josh McDaniels would do. Well, that, it, right? I know this. If I was Mark Davis and Tom is like on the fence this offseason, I would tell Josh, like, I'm all for you bringing Tom Brady here. Yeah. Right. Because we, we've talked, you know, I think they're just it's just kind of it's fizzled a lot. But I, I could see it come back up. Tom, Kyle, Niners, parents. Well, I do, too. I would imagine the if it if he's if he doesn't do his pure retire like you know I'll talk to some people I would say the Raiders would have to put all their chips in the middle of the table to get it and if I'm Mark I would be leading the brigade of Josh fucking bring this guy here cost money that costs cash but you know Tom has taken less money before yeah but Mark can afford to pay you over the course of a season right oh, I see. it's the to buyout that's more the about yeah it's just more about like this team feels is dead. Yeah. You know, just in a star town. They play the Broncos this week and they feel dead. So that shut out by the Saints, who this week thought about changing quarterbacks publicly and didn't change quarterbacks. Monday, Dennis Allen said, eh, might go to Jameis. And then Wednesday was like, nah, we'll stick with Andy. His options are kind of shitty. Yep. Blew him out, sh- blew him out, shut him out. Beat by the Jags, 17 point lead blown. Well, it can't get any worse, right? You're not going to lose to Jeff Saturday. Beat by Jeff Saturday and the Colts. So this idea they're just going to bounce back because Russell Wilson is shouting out Seahawks audibles to his Broncos teammates as as Nathaniel Hackett uh, plays out the string, it appears. I I don't assume that it's just going to get better. I think it, there's the possibility that it gets weirder. Well, I thought Nathaniel Hackett had, what would you say, like a top five quote of the year? Well, I don't know if I saw it. What was it? Someone has to win this game. Oh, yeah. That was a real quote, correct? I think I sent you that. That's right. That that wasn't a fake internet quote. That I saw it um, multiple places. I assumed it was real. I'm taking I, I, it on face value. Yeah, I thought that was a Tafer tweet that I saw. Yeah, someone has to win the game. And the pushback is done. Well, everybody loses who watches this game, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it'll be an entertaining and close game. Does somebody have to win? I guess they could tie. You're right. What's the afternoon slate? Um, 
uh, got it right here. Because this this game is, you know, if I didn't have a rooting interest of just <laughs> kind of want to see this shit show, so I, I, I wouldn't want if I lived in Florida. Like this would do nothing for me. Well, but John, this is like not a lot of options. You got that game. You got Cowboys Vikings, great game, and Bengals Steelers. That's it. Those are the yeah. afternoon games this Sunday. So Dallas. Minnesota, I'm sure, is uh, Romo Nance, right? Yep. CBS Afternoon. Yeah, I'll I'll watch Denver Vegas. Uh, maybe in. a little weather that could be good. You know, sometimes those games are uh, makes that fun. So I don't like the uh, the dispersion here, guy. Why 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 are we so heavy in the morning? Second week in a row, too. I know. I, I get it's part of the buys, right? There's four teams on buys, but thank, holy, come on! Just thank God for Vikings Cowboys. Because Bengals Steelers are doing nothing for nobody. They're, really, they're just a couple of good games the weekend. I, I think Philly Indy's pretty interesting now. <laughs> uh, I think the Jets New England sneaky pretty big game. Well, yeah, I mean, Jets John Jets New England is one of the three games with two winning teams in it this weekend. <laughs> think about that. Do you like the Jets in this spot? I mean, they haven't beat at New England not really in seven years. But if they do win this game, I mean, you they're kind of a playoff team then. They just play. Yeah, I think they played a couple weeks ago. Remember, he beat the shit out of Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good... I mean, and then Chiefs-Chargers, the Sunday night game. So we only, during the day, have two games with winning matters. Um, I'll keep an eye on Fields. I, I... Yeah, but I mean, but he's playing the Falcons. You know, he's playing the Falcons. Uh, Bears are three and seven. Falcons are four and six playing the Falcons. Uh, to your point on the Eagles game, though, Colts, they win the game. They're 500. Now, I, not, I don't think it's a great spot for Jeff Saturday's squad, John, coming off of Jeff Saturday's first game and a win. And you get the Eagles coming off of a loss. Now, the game short, is short week, though. Short week. Bunch of injuries. I mean, yeah. I, Goddard's on IR. A.J. Brown's banged up. You know, the Eagles, but this is why you go eight and no. You can have a three and three stretch and all of a sudden you're eleven and three, right? Yeah. It's the it's the best part of I mean, we saw it last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh if you but, listen to this before Thursday night football, Titans Packers. Yeah, it's not I'm I'm excited about that. I mean, commanders are playing Houston. Are we gonna look up and the commanders are all of a sudden six and five? Uh yeah. I do remember I do. we talked about them. They play the Giants twice before they play the Niners, and they play the Falcons at home. The Falcons at football team next week. So I do kind of like the Lions at the Giants this week as an underdog. Mm. I like the Giants to fall apart, but I felt that way for several weeks. What's the uh Seattle's off? Boy, Lions love to almost I watched an incredible edition of Bad Beats the other night on SVP because I was, was watching it? Duke. Uh, what a, it was Duke Kentucky I think was on was that the double overtime game there's actually been well maybe it wasn't Duke Kentucky there's actually been the last couple of nights like yesterday I turned on the TV it's like oh Texas Gonzaga at Texas the place was rocking I was like this I can watch this who won Texas Texas hit a bunch of threes and Gonzaga hosts Kentucky this uh this weekend at Gonzaga or maybe it's in Spokane but not at their place but regardless Gonzaga uh, still got the white guy with the headband on this is seventh year under Timmy yeah Drew Timmy's there <laughs> Anyway, Bad Beats was like somebody, some major college program was up like, you know, 28 or something. 
some walk on who never plays comes in. They show like this was what was incredible. It's like a 28 point spread. Let's say you're favored over me by 20. I don't remember exactly the teams, but it was always oh, maybe Missouri was favored by 28. The other team is at the free throw line with like a second and a half left. And the guy misses or makes the free throw to affect the line. And it could, you could see students in the background, like, like dying over it. The, the Missouri was not going to cover whatever it was, 28 and a half by like a point. Some walk on gets the ball takes a half-court jumper and hits it. And the play starts going crazy. The the walk-on for the Power 5 team that's ranked. Yes, that needed to cover the big spread. And hits a half-court shot? Yeah, just like a pull-up half-court shot. (laughs) Nothing but net or bank? Uh, Nothing but net, I think. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was was pretty sweet. Uh, But I brought that up because I was going to look at the line on – one of these games. Does college basketball usually start this early? Yes. Right around now is like a sweet spot. No, it started like uh, probably a week and a half ago. Why turn it on? Uh, you know, they last that. week was the game on the uh, aircraft carrier. Because I was watching, you know, whatever, you know, they usually do that huge, like two teams or four teams, like Madison Square Gardens, like Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and like Kansas. You know how they all, they basically do that in some semblance every year. One of the teams was like five and oh. I'm like, they've already played five fucking games. Oh wow. It's like or maybe it was Duke or Michigan State was four and oh. I was like, well, how's this possible? How are they played all these games? Yeah, that's a lot of games. Last night Gonzaga Texas. When did they start training camp? Right when school uh, starts? Beginning of October, I think. Yeah. How's Bobby Hurley doing? Uh not perfect. Not fantastic. Yeah. Have they lost? Have Pac-12? I think they like, lost to a SWAC team, yeah. Who's supposed to win the Pac twelve this year? UCLA, UCLA. They still got the dude that's been on the team forever too. I saw I mean, the picture. Consensus and Tiger All-American. Campbell. And Hell Tiger Campbell. <laughs> These guys ever leave? Tiger Campbell still the point guard? Hell yeah, he is. I guess that's the way to win in college basketball, right? Not go one and done. Just build a team with like Drew Timmy's that stay for seven years. UCLA's got some one and done guys too, though. So, are they, I but mean, yeah. are they right? and so, and so did Gonzaga, right? Gonzaga had Jalen Suggs, Andrew Timmy, and Corey Kispert, and Chet. And chat. Who, yeah, I mean, that's the... It's a perfect little balance. Yeah, but there's only so many programs that can really pull that off. Programs. Uh, you mentioned the Eagles, John. In the last 24 hours, Eagles signed Indomitian Sue today, right? That was today. Crypto's down, bro. <laughs> they signed him to Ameri- uh, USD. Well, did you see uh, Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I did see Cade Cunningham. All the signing bonus block fi. Yeah, suboptimal. It's one like, thing is like, well, you don't lose if you don't sell. It's another thing if the thing goes to zero, right? right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, so Indomitian Sioux signs with the Eagles. Linville Joseph signs with the Eagles. What'd you think? Really quick on the BlockFi thing. And why wouldn't you just, like, you would never be like, well, give me all my money in uh, Netflix stock. Why don't I just pay you the $10 million and then you buy the stock, right? Wouldn't that be the safest way? Why, why do you want to get it into the currency that's what i don't there's quite some, understand there's some tax why well, you know what i think you do it that way because the company pays you an additional fee to do it that way right they pay you an endorsement fee to maybe, do that maybe that, right? that kate would... cunningham gets whatever five million dollars from BlockFi to take all of his money in crypto 
I think that's why you do it. Because some agents like, I negotiated this deal for you. We got you $5 million on top of your whatever million yeah, So you're getting $12 million, so you get an extra five. So you're just like, well, shit, it's like free found money, right? And nothing's stopping you if you don't want it in crypto to just turn Cash it into out. American, yeah, U.S. dollars. But then it goes up and you're like, I'll just ride this bad boy out. And then Absolutely. SBF pretty- happens and it goes to zero. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, uh, so Linville Joseph and Dominican Sue, both Eagles. I saw a tweet today. Now that I, I can venture back into those lands, and uh, it said that over the last two weeks, the Eagles have signed or traded for Robert Quinn, Nadamikin Sue, and, and Joseph, and basically, like they just they're never satisfied. And having worked for Howie, he's just I mean, guy, yeah, they're they just lost one game. They're eight and one. <laughs> And they are a seven-point favorite on the road. Like they, they're really good. And but their mindset is just not to like. Well, you know, I know we traded up and got this guy, three hundred seventy-pound run stuffer, Jordan Davis. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. We'll just patchwork it till then. No, they said fuck that, and they went and signed two guys. And on the flip side of like, the Eagles are clearly not going anywhere for the next several years, right? Mm-hmm. They have a core of younger, talented players. I don't know if you saw the draft order right behind the Raiders is this team called the Saints. That's the Eagles pick. So like Will Anderson might be an Eagle or the Penn State tackle. Like they're going to get a sweet player. And then they Truly. also have to pick later. So the Eagles are going nowhere. But their mindset is like to be very aggressive. Howie just haven't seen him. It's like he's always trying to patch the hole. And it's never just keep your fingers crossed. This guy's going to be okay. And I do feel like the Niners have kind of done that with Armstead and Kinlaw. They just kind of kept their fingers crossed for the last several weeks. They signed that random T.Y. McGill like after they do a workout. It's like, you know, we'll see if this comes back to bite them because I think the reason they got sued and maybe it'll come out is Nadamakin, no one's offering him any money. I'm not just going to play for anyone for the veteran minimum. But it gets to this point in time how he goes, you can win a Super Bowl here. Like you just won a Super Bowl a couple years ago with the Bucks. How about you win another one? It's like, shit, I'll do it. Well, couldn't the Niners have made that same pitch? And they've literally needed bodies because when I was watching the game against the Chargers, you feel their defensive line just, it's not the same. Now, they still are productive because they have one of the best players in the league, but top to bottom, it, it is nowhere near because they're missing, even if I don't even count Kinlaw, which that should be a problem. Like, let's just not even assume he's coming back. Like, they've been missing Armstead now for a long period of time. And it just kind of feels like they're just hoping that it just comes back because they've shown their actions. They'll just bring up a guy on a practice squad or sign a random guy. Like, how he did something real, you know? Sign real players, especially Sue, right? He's a he's an older veteran, but he you just he would start for the, he would play for the Niners. So I just I mean, Linville Joseph started 12 games for the Chargers last year. It'll just be interesting to see how this plays out with those two guys, specifically Kinlaw is going to come off IR and Armstead if he can ever return and how these guys help because the Eagles also go like Jordan Davis is coming back in a couple weeks from this ankle sprain. I just think the Niners, they've just been much more prudent with this position because in the past it's worked out that way. They've been they, able and to. In the, and they're, to be fair to them, John, they, they develop it really well. They are deep at that spot, right? But just signing a guy up the street doesn't do it, you know, doesn't, factor into like losing draft picks or it's not like you're paying Sue any money, right? Right, right. I just mean like the Niners, I, it's not crazy for them to have some level of confidence in that 
in in what they have ahead of who they are, whoever they're signing off the street in a in a given you know week eleven right now it, all, on this specific player, Kaserik was in Detroit with Jim Washburn and Sue. So I mean, I guess there is a chance he doesn't like him. Yeah, that's true. But Joseph is a guy like there have there just are veteran bodies out there, and it just feels like the Niners have tried to patchwork it a little bit. And this isn't like the downfall of their team, but. The Eagles, like, their mentality is always double down, double down, double down. That's right, just, right. Yes, it's Howie. He's just. It's Rams-ish, but with picks. It's like Rams is, they're smart with it. Uh, football uh, Football Outsiders has a stat called power success. The percentage of runs on third or fourth down with less than two to go. So third and two or less, fourth and two or less, in which they get, in which it gets picked up. Um, the Eagles are dead last in that stat. Offenses pick it up 86% of the time with the run. The Niners are actually fourth to last in that stat, 78%. Well, because now they all, the Niners are also like top 10 in sack rate, right? Bosa is second in the league in sacks. but Yeah, but to me, this is more about the run and the beat yeah. that they're missing. Yep. And I saw someone in the chat was like midseason signings rarely work out yeah but you can also cut the guy in a couple weeks you know it doesn't this isn't you're not tied to anything like when you make the trade for robert quinn or christian mccaffrey like you've made a move to acquire when you just sign a guy off the street it's always weird to be like street free agents especially when they're like jamakin sue's probably made 200 million dollars like he's not some like unemployed loser (laughs) i was on my couch in my mansion <laughs> I've just been tweeting about fucking block and interest rates, bro. Uh, and but having what, breakfast with uh, my guys in Nebraska. To me, a street free agent, I, for the most part, is very, very low risk. Because whatever you get's gravy, and if it doesn't, you just move on. Coleman's a good example, right? Early this season, Niners need a running back. Boom, just signed him. If it, he gave him a couple of carries. If it works, great. If not, you just cut him. Right? There's just you, you're not tied to him. That's the best part about the NFL. You can just always get in and out of honestly the majority of players on your team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you have not watched episode two of Hard Knocks. I'm about halfway through episode. You watched episode one before I did. Then I watched it. It was really good. The Cardinals midseason Hard Knocks. Episode two leads up to their game with the Rams, which they won with Colt McCoy. And one thing, and I saw some people tweeting about this. It was part of why I wanted to watch it. Uh, you know, I was an advocate for the 49ers signing Colt McCoy when we thought Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be gone. Is that I wanted to see just the comparison of what it's like with Kyler, what it's like with Colt. Colt clearly a very good leader, belief in him, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you said the other day you would prefer a uh, a hammy kind of ridden Kyler to maybe a full strength Colt McCoy. We'll see what we get as of I, Thursday. You see, they both were on the practice field today. Yeah, my guess is Kyler gets cleared, but I don't know. I mean, it's a hamstring. What'd you what'd you think about the montage where Kyler's like lock in to himself in the first episode? Yeah, I, uh, I wasn't overly impressed. They're they're weird. There's some they're weird. They're bizarre. You're right. Everyone has always said this. Cliff is kind of likable, even though from the outside the perception right is like he's good looking. He just got the job because he has the look. Uh, but he's never really won whatever. But clearly he he grinds right. He's how that's always been how pimps is bad. It's pretty sweet. Awesome. He's like, you know, there's Camelback. Never see it because uh, when I leave, it's dark. When I get home, it's dark. Steve Kime was driving to work in the sunlight. But um, he, he did drop to like, it, you know, it's probably good I'm not married because I can just come home. I'm stressed out and just to myself. 
He watches the Dateline murder mystery shows on Friday nights. That's his thing. How sweet Which was actually, that room that he watches? Day, I got caught on one, and I was like, this is pretty good, actually. Yeah, there's going to be good. Rancher. It was actually like some Yellowstone-style thing. But uh, Buda Baker gives a shit. Like, that's the guy, if you told me he is or isn't playing, would matter a lot. After, just when you watch, like, holy smokes, this guy's the heart of their team. Right? I think J- JJ obviously cares. JJ clearly cares. Tries to be a leader. But... You know, their thing was, we got three games. We got to win them. Well, they lost the first one. They won the second one. I don't know really what they're playing for on a road game in Mexico City, but the one thing that jumps out when you watch them, it's just the the guy, the people they have. They've got Buddha. They got JJ. They got Hopkins. Um, they, They've just got enough guys that can. I'd say Isaiah Simmons make makes some splash oh, plays. Isaiah Simmons, what was the other guy we were talking about earlier? Uh, Xavier Collins. Xavier Collins had an incredible pick six last couple of weeks. So, Byron pressure, Murphy, they're just the playing a team with the pressure on them. They cut Eno. About seven people claimed him. I've always liked. I've liked Eno since. Yeah, you, know, you have. He was. Uh, I, I wonder if he did something. I, I saw his playing time was down a little bit, but it feels a little more than that. Like it's a playing time, and did he not show up to a meeting? Like as a fuck you, and you're losing. It's just your classic. It's the move I love. Like. Cut somebody, just rattle some cages. Because I, I do think it works. Like all of a sudden, it's like, wait, they just cut. They just cut the guy who was starting for us two weeks ago. I, I like that move. Yeah, because I just think it kind of keeps Kyler might not even wouldn't even realize, but just some other guys. Because part of like Buddha screaming at those guys. This is a major difference between the Niners and Arizona. Is when your best players truly care, you're in really good shape. And Buddha is a good example. He's the best player on the team, and he truly gives a shit. But he doesn't he feel like he's kind of on an island? And then you have this, like, I don't want to say he's a has-been, but, like, JJ's success was not with these guys. He was a star with the other team. And now he's an old guy kind of, like, patched together. Where the Niners, like, their heartbeat is, like, Fred Warner, is George Kittle, is Debo Samuel, is Trent Williams, is... Nick's not like the vocal leader, but just his play. Like he's flying around there like he's Buda Baker. Did you see Hufunga, the, the, the NFL hard knocks? Not the hard oh, knocks, the NFL films of Hufanga. I mean, not Hufanga. Warner giving the hype up speech, and then both is <laughs> like, yeah, everything he said, man. And, and it just shows you your best players have to matter the most in terms of their give a fuck. Yeah. And Belichick's thing, because remember in their heyday, they would always trade out of the first round. It's like, well, I could never have a guy being like the third highest paid guy on our team as a rookie. And he refused to do it. And it was a psychology thing. And I, I don't know how every human being, I, I don't care if you've worked in what corporate office, anyone listening to this has had a normal person job. Obviously, the numbers are a lot different than people making 30, 40, 50 million dollars. But if it's $80,000 and $120,000 or $130,000 and $200,000, that's what we talk about in the office, right? Wait, this guy. They they really gave that guy that title and paying him that much, that guy. But you know the one guy who's the best. You're like, yeah, he's worth every penny. It's like he, he honestly he's making 400k. What would this company be without? What would our division be without that guy? And you all know it. He, he's making 45 million. 45 million dollars. John, they put a clause in his contract that says he has to study. 45 million dollars. Who do you have to tell to study? There was a, you know, I didn't how think bad of this is his now. Body, how bad is his body language? Body language is bad. He's he's not 
He's small, really so his name. body language looks worse. <laughs> and then they cut the Colt, and Colt's like kind of talking. Colt, Colt in episode two is almost coaching the quarterback's coach at one point, like talking to him, like hyping him up. And Colt's like taking notes, and Kyler's sitting there with like a single sheet of paper on the desk in front of him. Which I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to put too much on it, but it, it made me think of you saying the other day when they showed him he wasn't really even like listening to what the play calls were. And I said, well, maybe it's because you don't need to. He just knows all the plays. But um, did you know who the third guy was in the first episode? The third quarterback? Uh, well, I didn't. But then I saw the other day Trace McSorley or whatever. Yeah, because when he came into the game, I was like, who the hell is this guy? Just that, just the other guy sitting there. Yeah. And then when he came into the game, when Colt kind of like rolled up on his knee and had to be helped off, it's like, oh, that's Trace McSorley that was in the other quarterback room. Yeah. I (laughs) I just, just, it was like, you know, Bailey Zappi divided by three from, you know, some random school. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's Trace McSorley. I mean, at one point in time, Trace McSorley might have been like, I'm just as good as Kyler Murray in college. Right. And he wasn't. Now Kyler makes 45, and that guy's basically, uh, fringe practice squad gets elevated on game day when there's an injury. It's crazy the difference, right? At one point in time, Trace McSorley's starter on a team that's winning 11 games in the Big Ten. And in his mind, even if like NFL people aren't viewing him as like a top two, you know, 150 player, he's got to be thinking like, I'm beating all these teams. Like, why couldn't I play in the league? And then three years later, you're just like holding on to your career for dear life. It's kind of just crazy how fast that realization you come in. And that at that spot, you get replaced real quick because it's just it's not worth keeping you around if you're not at a rookie salary, unless I think you can be good. Yeah, I used to like him at college a little bit. Really, kind of crazy. Colt McCoy said, "You know, 35 years old. He's had a long career." Well, one thing when you watch it, and I have a buddy who knows Colt really well, and just has always sweared like Colt is really smart and is better than like his opportunities have been shitty teams he's been on, whatever, but. When you watch him, like you get it, like he's a leader. He knows what everyone's supposed to be doing. Not rattled. You just you just watch Colt, and you're like, okay, I get it. You know, I understand. Like he's not some guy who went to Texas and didn't have it. Like he had it. Well, think about this: the game that it was Saban's first championship, right? Saban's quarterback was McElroy, who has been on television now for like six years, and who was, I think, like a fifth or sixth round draft pick to yeah. the Jets. Now. Colt Colt, was a true freshman, right? That no, the guy Gil, Garrett Gilbert was a true freshman. Yeah, I think Colt was probably like a junior. Because Colt, Colt got hurt, and then Garrett Gilbert had to come into the game. Yeah, and Gilbert was supposed to be the next great hype, and that that kind of derailed his career. Like this guy, yeah, that's a tough spot. But think about Colt as you know, is McElroy essentially the ESPN's number two guy for college, or would that be the dude that eats with Sean uh, McDonough, eat Blackledge? Yeah. Who would you say their number two college crew is for ESPN? Um, I don't really thought. Uh, yeah, probably McDonough and Blackledge. But I think McElroy, you could, I mean, might be the third. Is he, he doing games? games. Choosing? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they are three. He's good. I mean, I, I like Greg, but he's been doing media now for, I mean, <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, but it just, like, he's same age, 33, 34, 35, you know, right in that, like, age range. It just, you play for that long, a lot of guys in your classes, like, you know, shit, Aaron Murray now is doing games on television. He's, Aaron Murray's probably like 30, you know? I mean, you just, you get guys that played after you. It's, it's pretty impressive well, that Colt has had the career he's had. Who did I just see? AJ McCarron. 
I think he retired. Didn't no, he? he got drafted. He's in the XFL draft. He just got drafted or assigned or however they did it. XFL's coming back? Yeah, with The Rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> On the Battle Hawks. Was A.J. McCarron like the number one overall pick? Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, in that league? I don't know. There's a few quarterbacks whose names you would recognize, like three or four of them. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? Kyle Slaughter. I remember that name. Why? He was I don't. Was he on the... Uh, DeAndre Francois. Remember that? Yep. Florida State. Ben DiNucci. Remember that? <laughs> Had a moment. C- uh, Steven Montez. Remember him from Colorado? Yep. McCarron and uh, Luis Perez. Was he the guy that like went off in the USFL and everyone's like, this guy can play? Might have been. So, might not have been. Don't didn't really don't recall. Shanahan Wheelie says uh, three and seven against Arizona. It's weird. Yeah. That's the other part of that game. Um, you know, you and I talk about coach of the year all the time, and uh every year, I guess we talk about it all the time. But I was on the phone talking to uh Yogi Roth yesterday, and he was like, I was like, Who do you think the coach we should start talking about coach of the year? He's like, How is it not Kalen DeBoer? at UW because I saw somebody put out a list today, national coach of the year. And they had Kalen DeBoer Washington second because Washington won whatever four games last year. And uh, I looked it up. He is having the best debut season for a Washington football coach ever. When you just go back and look at everyone's first year, they have a shot to win 10 games this year, which is pretty crazy. Um, Who do they play this week? Like Colorado? Uh, they play Colorado this week, and then they play Washington State in the Apple Cup next week. Which is a sneaky hard game. It, yeah, it's a very hard game. Um, but one thing I always say about Coach of the Year is, like, I I love an underdog. Everyone loves the underdog. Everyone loves a story where somebody was supposed to suck and turned out to be good. You're a walk-on who became the star quarterback. Your team got picked last, and you won the league. You uh, left a thriving business to do something on your own and made it work. Like the underdog is that thing is that that is an um, that like American story, right? Like that's how we look at this thing. Like came here with nothing, a nickel in his couldn't rub two pennies together, and he founded this business. Like the underdog is is fantastic. But one thing I said to Yogi was as related to the Pac-12, and this is a, a 49ers discussion, is like I got no I love the underdog too, but I don't think we give enough credit. When you are picked to be the number one team or the number one at whatever, and you get whatever, a lot of money, and you live up to the contract, or you get drafted high and you live up to the pick, or you get picked to win and you actually win. Like, I don't think we give that enough credit. What it takes to actually get all the hype and then live up to it, what it takes to play every week with the target on your back and then live up to it. Well, this year, you, me, and anybody else said Brandon Ayuk is going to have a breakout season. And I'll tell you what, Brandon Ayuk's having the breakout season that everybody thought he was going to have. And I don't think it's getting any attention really to that degree that it did in the preseason and in the in fall because everyone just kind of – it was a big story then. He's going to have a breakout year. Every, we were all falling over each other trying to get, get our takeout on Brandon Ayuk. And it should have to be right. The Niners put out this stat. He has six or more catches and 80 or more receiving yards in four straight games, longest stretch by a 49er since T.O. did it in 2001. Wow. 
he is 17 catches away from setting a new career high for receptions, which don't forget, he actually was pretty productive as a rookie. He only played in 12 games, but he had 60 catches, right? If he had played in every game as a rookie, he might have caught 80 balls. But Brandon Ayuk, the last, now I know he had the, the the fumble the other day and the drop in the end zone, but he's been, it feels like, especially the last three weeks, their most productive receiver. Wasn't it Mike Tomlin that said, yes, the podcast with McVay, like, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, to be a good coach is to get a C player and make him a B, but he's like, actually, most coaches worth their salt can make a guy overachieve. Can you take your A players and have them sustain playing like A players consistently? Yep. yep. And if you think about the Shanahan era, like they've had some holes, right? And they, they've had some flaws over the years, but their best players have dominated. And the last year is a great example, right? Is their top players played like stars. And that basically band-aided some of their issues. And you look at it right now, like there's not some perfect team. I mean, their right tackle, despite what their GM says is a major problem. They're missing defensive tackles. They got problems, but their best players just like Debo statistically isn't last year, but to me, he looks every bit as normal as these Debo Samuel. Like he's just at any single moment of play could happen. Obviously the other cast of characters are all balling, but this guy last year made a step and it's clear. Like he's a high end player. I don't know where he ranks. Like if you did a draft from scratch, it's tough. you know, he probably it's it's a loaded position. He's not going to go in like the top ten, but it feels like one of those classic like. And I'm not comparing him to like Pete Clay Thompson, but remember like back in the day when you like ranking players and like no one would consider like Clay like a top twelve player, but it's like well if you did a draft from scratch, you get this guy like twenty two, like fuck, he, that's an incredible like that's what it feels like. IU because one he's a winning player, like I can take him against the best teams and he can ball. Yeah, and I, I just think. Even the play that he fumbled, and I think you said this on the post-game deal, that it was a little freaky, right? He's turned into a guy, the helmet hits him, and that that causes a fumble. Like, Jerry Rice probably fumbles that ball, right? I mean, that's just collision with just speed. For a smaller player, relative to, like, bigger receivers, he plays pretty big. He's physical, one, when it comes to the, you know, uh, just tackles. Like, he's not a puss. Did you see the montage of Tyler Lockett? Like he's like he's basically on a mission that every time he catches the ball is to not get tackled. He just hits the ground. It's just a classic. Like and someone just did this montage of he gets wide open, but he never takes hits. <laughs> but how about Brandon's? And you saw this in camp, but you never truly know his ability to attack the ball mm. as he's like still running. You know, it's one of those. It's a great skill of not having to stop. I don't body catch. I attack the ball as I'm moving, so I just keep on going. Yeah. He's a smooth, smooth cat. Yeah. And I even think it's it was bad and it cost him seven points and it could have cost him the game. The the drop in the end zone against the Chargers the other day. But I maintain immediately, and if you go back and watch it, to me it was less a drop, like a drop and more a he it was it was I'm not a, a receiver technician. It was a mistake in another part of how to receive he started going to the ground. I think he expected on the goal line that throw to come in low because a defender might be over your shoulder. He started going to the ground and then Jimmy threw it chest high and it, it became a very difficult catch. So I'm not saying it wasn't Brandon's mistake, but to me it was a little different than your normal drop kind of lack of concentration or bad hands or whatever drop. How about the route was nasty. The route was so nasty. That's part of what made a killer is that he dusted the guy. He Instagrammed it. He Instagrammed it that night after the game. What'd he say? 
the route. Just did, just did like puke emojis. Oh, and then he dropped it. Yeah. yeah. I just I think if you watch it, he is going down expecting to catch it low, and then the ball's not low. And you know, to Jimmy's credit, the last few weeks, I think part of the Ayuk production is like Jimmy has actually been. Jimmy's made some good throws to Brandon over the I last agree. couple of weeks. Agreed. Um, Ayuk right now, John, tied with Juju in the NFL, 29 targets, uh, 49 catches, or no, 49 catches? 44 catches. So like I said, 17 away from a new career high is 23rd at the NFL. Just he, as you were he, thinking he, about. He's tied with Juju on the amount of targets for the season? Yeah. Like that's you're just saying like in the hierarchy of wide receivers, like they have the same amount of targets. Yeah, Tyreek one, Diggs, Cup, Jefferson, Devontae, Lamb, Pittman, Deontay Johnson, DK, Christian Kirk, Waddle. I could keep going, but yeah. I mean the Miami game, by the way. Oof. Yeesh. Oof. Well, the key the key is gonna be you're gonna have to sack the little guy, right? You're gonna have to you're just gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to get pressure on their offensive line. Yeah. You, you can't let him sit. One thing I noticed, just their box score, they were like second to last in the league in rushing. Well, part of trading for Jeff Wilson, did we talk about when they made the trade, maybe it was people in the chat, like, can you trade a guy for a team that you're going to play? Like, he dramatically helps their team. Like, they're balanced now. They can run for 100, and obviously they can throw for a lot of yards. Like, that that really helps them specifically. (laughs) I got to give people in the chat credit because I dismissed it. Like, I don't care about that, whatever. I hated the trade just because I didn't like trading Jeff Wilson because I thought you might need him. But actually, it's a legitimate point. Like you're going to play them if you're a you know a nine and two team. Who cares? But you're not. You're five and four. Uh, so you better be good by the time you play him because he could beat you. And I I dismissed it at the time, but um, yeah, that could be a big deal. <sighs> they're potent. They're on a bye this week. Next week, they, so they're seven and three into their bye. They play the Texans the following week, so they'll probably be eight and three coming to play the Niners. You legitimately could flex that game, although Colts. Actually, we talked about you and I. Colts Cowboys is the Sunday night game. Mike, I don't know. Have the Cowboys ever in the history of their not that they've been flex football that long, but been flexed out of a Sunday night game? No, probably not. <laughs> oh, so, uh, well, I'd say too with the Buffalo blowing that game to Minnesota. We'll see what the Jets do this weekend. Like I, I would imagine people inside the Jets and Miami are thinking, can we win this division? Right? It's not like Buffalo is undefeated. Right. I mean, they've lost they've lost two games, and those two right. teams have three losses. So if if the Jets were to win this weekend, they would be seven and three. In Miami next week. And the week, Jets have eight, beaten three. Buffalo head to head. I saw right before. And Miami has. That's right. They both have beaten them head to head. The the snow game, they moved it, they put them in Detroit. Did we have we mentioned that? We have it. That's a damn shame. Yeah. Six feet of snow. Thunder. Uh, th- what do they call it? Thunder snow. Is that thunder what's coming snow, in? Yeah, thunder snow. How do you not play a football game in thunder snow, man? I, I don't think it's safe because like poles fall down. The weight. Six. Feet I also saw somebody say it just it makes it hard. Like you know, people got to drive in. to the stadium. The team yeah. is flying in. So, how, do they just give away tickets for that in Detroit? What do they I, do? It's a hell of a question. If you're if you're a Detroit Lions fan, you're like, should we go see the Bills? The hell yeah, you say <laughs> that, right? This is going to be better than the Papa John's Bowl or whatever the hell they're going to give us later in the year. That sucks if you're a Bills fan. You're like, my team's sweet and we lose a home game? Yeah. I get with Thunder Snow, but holy. I'd be pissed. I bet their Browns game, actually, they get... I bet that's like a good good crowd for that game. I bet so, too. Browns fans. 
done. Who, oh, here's the worst. Check this out. You know who Buffalo plays next week? Patriots? No, they're in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, so they just stay. So now they'll play back-to-back games in Detroit, but they'll probably – they're the home team. I wonder if you're them. Do you want to take the – actually take the visitor's locker room just so you can just have the same locker room for – that's kind of crazy for Buffalo. That you're sucks. Detroit, you're, honestly, if you're Detroit, you're pissed. Like, wait a second. We get a home Thursday game, and this team plays in our stadium the week before the Thursday night game? Do you think they're all going to bring their shit? They're just going to stay there for the week now? Absolutely, because the game is Sunday. You got to come back Wednesday, right? You just stay Monday, Tuesday, right? That sucks. Yeah. Is Detroit on a bye or do they play this week? Uh, Yeah, Detroit plays Giants. That sucks. (laughs) To me, it's a little bit better that Detroit sucks. If Detroit was good, I'd I'd be like, this is bullshit. Wow. But I think the league would be like, what do you want people to die? Yeah, nothing you can do. You just lost your Thursday advantage. When I was driving in the car, I heard someone say, I guess they've done this years ago, maybe 2014 or 15, the Buffalo similar situation played a game in Detroit. I think that's always like the cur- it's always like in their back pocket. The Lions are gone, you can always come here. Probably not that far of a flight, I would guess, logistically relatively easy. Yeah. Huh. What is uh what is our Thanksgiving weekend? Bills Lions is that the opener? Yeah, that's a that's an early morning game. Then you got Giants Cowboys. The NFL just know just put the Cowboys on at about two o'clock. <laughs> They're not even messing around on that one. We talk so much about Detroit, like Wait, being sorry, what, which, which game? Which game? Cowboys what? Well, well, the Cowboys are playing in the second game. Are the Cowboys now just the we? The Lions are just grandfather. Well, aren't the Cowboys too? I mean, they play every Thanksgiving. Yeah, in the afternoon. Cowboys don't suck. That's why no one complains about it. And then New England, Minnesota. Where is that game? Please say New England. Minnesota. Uh, you can't play a two things. One, I'd rather just because I want it to be competitive. Two, you can't play an indoor game on Thanksgiving, although I guess the Cowboys do it. But all, and the all, Lions do it, so it's all indoor games. Oh, all three of them. Yeah. That's brutal. I might as well have a Mai Tai. Might have to. Use Tito's. <laughs> All right, everybody. On that note, uh, so Niners don't play until Monday. Obviously, we typically go live after the Niner game. We will. The plan right now is to actually still do a show, quick show, just like a tight show on Sunday, and then of course still go live Monday night. Are we sticking to that plan? Yeah, might be our Thanksgiving shows. Yeah, might be our th- exactly our Thanksgiving shows. So, All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Adios. Pelota. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. 
Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.